Welcome to the Unity Works Podcast, where we'll share positive insight on today's topical and sometimes controversial topics. The discussion is shaped through the lens of unity and acceptance while focusing on our community, families, and the workplace. Life works better when we come together. Here's your host, Daryl Ross. Hello and welcome to the Unity Works Podcast. So excited that you're here. I'm your host, Daryl Ross. Today, we're talking about connecting with our teens. Yeah, I know you're thinking, hey, I thought this podcast was about unity. <laughs> I know, but I definitely think that we have unity and how we raise our children. So whether you have a teen now or soon to be, I think you'll relate to this episode. But first, just a reminder to please hit subscribe and share our link with a friend and be sure to drop us a line on our Unity Works Facebook page. All right. Now, look, first, let me dig in. I am not a counselor, teacher, youth medical professional, any of those. My experience comes from literally working with youth and parents over the years in youth events. I'm a speaker and trainer, and I've been a guest speaker in colleges, high schools, middle schools, and many youth conferences. Matter of fact, we oftentimes would have breakout sessions where we would kind of break into small groups. And I don't know what it is. I think maybe because they didn't know who I was, they didn't really feel any uh, pressure, they would open up and we could have nice conversations. I learned a lot about what they're thinking and how we can help them along their, their path, their journey. I've often said that teens have more challenges today than ever before, way more than when you were a teen or I was a teen. There's much more coming at them. I think my biggest kind of enlightening moment is when I was asked to be a guest trainer and speaker for the Department of Juvenile Justice. Now imagine we are in Alexandria, Virginia. There's a room probably of 200 kids, 14 to 18 years old, primarily young boys. There were some girls there. And in the back of the room were all police officers, parole officers, because everyone in the room had already committed a misdemeanor and half the room felonies. All right. But they're still part of the school system because they are minors. So they need some type of intervention on how we can put them on the path towards success. So I was brought in and I tell you what, there's a lot going on out there. We're not really aware of, and many of them belong to gangs, for example, and just made bad decisions. You know, one of the things that me and my wife often share with our children is being able to make good decisions is just paramount. Being able to make the right decision on what friend do you have? What friend do you trust? Decisions are everything. And it's kind of funny, a lot of these young boys and some of the girls that would join gangs, that was just one bad decision on top of another. And it just became a snowball to where they didn't really know, you know, how to get out of it. So we kind of had some great moments, kind of funny in the small groups we broke into, I talked to some of the young boys, they were bright kids, you know, they were smart. They, you know, I was often wondering back in my head, you know, I wonder what he did, you know, to be here. But, you know, I spoke to parole officers later and said, well, you'd be surprised. And he kind of pointed out some of the 
things from, you know, armed robbery or grand theft. And I mean, just a lot of things. And it was, it was challenging. And I learned a lot about just how our teens get in to that situation. And I really think it matters that we are aware that that can happen. As far as the public and private schools go, I created a program called Parent Survival Night. I know where I got that idea. I was talking to a couple of parents and they kind of said, hey, we kind of need something to get us through to survive teenagers, right? And so what I would do, I'd go into the school and we'd do an assembly with the students. And so all the content was geared towards the students. And that way we could kind of make a connection there. Then later on that evening, the parents were invited to have their own presentation. Now, the students weren't with them. Some of the parents brought their students, but typically this content was meant for the parents. And I would speak about some of the things we discussed earlier in the day with the students, but it really was a great overall experience because we had in real time what the kids are saying, you know, at one o'clock and two o'clock. And then we're talking to the parents around seven that evening. So it worked out really good. At one of the events, one of the parents came up to me afterwards and just sharing with me about her daughter and some of the successes and challenges that they've been going through. And uh, she asked towards the end, hey, do you have any books you recommend that she can read that's more about success? And I kind of paused for a minute. There are a lot of books out there that talk about what not to do. That makes sense. You know, you know, don't, don't join gangs. Don't drink. Don't do drugs. Everything's from the don't point of view, right? There weren't as many books at the time anyway, on what to do, really focusing on the principles of success. So it got me thinking and how I wrote my first book, which is called Be Extraordinary, The Teenager's Roadmap to Success. It's all about what to do. So after each chapter, there are some action steps the teens can take. And if you are interested in that book for your teen, I'll put the link in the description. You can get a copy of that. I'd be honored for you to have that. But bottom line is, I just believe that it's our job as parents to connect with our teens, not make our teens connect with us. It really is difficult. Matter of fact, if you have Netflix, there's a great documentary out there called The Social Dilemma. And I tell you what, it will make you completely rethink social media. Now, I think all of us agree that social media, man, is it a problem. I I think many of us try, I try to just see the good, you know, catch up on friends and family, how your kids are growing up and any accolades happen in your life. I love seeing that. I know you do as well. But the other side of that coin, there's so many negative things, everything from cyberbullying and getting wrapped up in the wrong decisions and just things that can happen online. The Social Dilemma on Netflix, I highly recommend that. It'll give you an indication that it's not on accident. I think the biggest thing is, I think we think that, hey, just turn it off or just don't look at it. Well, they actually do some things within the creation of social media that almost makes you addicted. It's, I mean, it kind of felt like they were doing it on purpose, like a drug. So it isn't as easy as you think, but it's really enlightening. So check that out on Netflix, The Social Dilemma. Now with that, talking about social media, I don't know if you saw this in the news or not, but I've got the story right here. Uh, Jordan Bowen, he's from Fox News 13 in Tampa. He's a reporter that broke the story. He says that, uh, 
a Louisiana man hid in the closet of a teen for about a month. We say that again. There was a Louisiana man who connected with the teen online. He came to her house and was in their home, living in the house, in the closet for over a month. And I know you're thinking, how is that possible? The parents never knew. Yep, they didn't know. So let me read this to you. Um, a Louisiana man's facing multiple charges after deputies say parents of a 15-year-old girl found him living in their daughter's closet. Unbelievable. According to Hernando County investigators, he had been living there for more than a month after traveling to Louisiana to, unfortunately, have sex with the teen. And it's just hard for the parents to comprehend. Yeah, obviously, I know we're wondering, if you think about your own home, is it possible could that happen to you? I'm trying to be, you know, open. I'm trying to be transparent. I'm trying to understand what families go through, and I'm not judging by any means. But I got to tell you, at least right now, not a chance. Could that happen in my house? Not a chance. And not because we are perfect parents, because we are not. <laughs> we have many things that we missed the mark on. But one thing, uh, we go in our kids' rooms. We go in too much to where no one possibly could be hiding in there. Not a chance. We go in their closets, under their bed, under the mattress, in their drawers. They're still growing, learning, and we snoop. And we tell them we will. We snoop on cell phones. We snoop on their history and their computers and YouTube, which you're looking at. We look. So for a dude to be hiding in the closet, not a chance. So listen to this. Uh, child psychologist Dr. Wendy Rice says, kids can be doing things under our noses and in your house that you might not be aware of that could shock you. And I have no doubt she's seen and heard many things. I'm just saying for me, not my house. So look, here's the details. He and the young lady came up with the idea that he could just stay in her room if he hid in the closet whenever the parents came in. So get that. So he's in the room. If parents came by, he would then run in the closet. So she would keep her door closed and locked. Still, I can't imagine. So according to deputies, the 15-year-old first met the grown man online. And I want to share this platform with you so you are aware if your child is on this. It's a virtual reality social platform known as VR Chat. VR Chat. The platform allows users to interact with others using 3D avatars. So it feels kind of safe for the kids because it's not really their face it's a 3D avatar, and you're not having to really show each other. But hey, they still, these, these men and women sometimes, can take advantage. So deputies say that he began staying in her closet on August 19th. Finally, the parents of the young girl heard some noise from the bedroom, and that's how they discovered this guy in the bedroom, and he had been there for about five weeks. I, I still can't imagine. I mean, I'm thinking of all the things that happen. Like, yeah, when you go to work, 
and you've been hiding there overnight, okay, I can give you that one. But five weeks, I mean, going to the restroom, taking a shower, eating. I mean, she had to bring him food, I guess, right? Like, wouldn't you notice your little girls eating a lot lately? I, I don't know. But bottom line is, I think that's the catalyst behind this entire episode that to connect with our teens, because I believe that if you think, well, how can we avoid incidents, you know, even minimal to this, right? Kids hiding things from you or definitely like this. I think it's connecting with your teen. Now, what do I mean by connecting with your teen? I'm going to give you my top five. And I've used many of these in my book. I've used some of these in Parent Survival Night. So um, I, I think this is something that we all can lean into. And oftentimes, I'll be honest, when I kind of reread some of the content, I go, yep, Daryl, you and Jennifer need to do more of this too, right? So it's for all of us. So number one, here we go. Connecting with your teen. First, do your job. Like, I know it sounds crazy. I, I couldn't think of a better way to phrase it. But when I say do your job, what I mean by that is all of our kids have a job and their job is to push the envelope to push that line back as far as it can go to where they get more access, they get more. And I believe long before teenage years, it started. I mean, think about when your child was, you know, three or four years old, one of the cookie, right? Then they wanted two cookies or wanted three cookies, whatever it was. It's almost, born, we're born with sin. So it's no challenge for them whatsoever to push the envelope to, want to get more, to do more. So I say teens are doing their job. That's their job to try to get more. So when I say do your job to parents, I'm saying do your job now. Your job means push that line back. It's really easy to get caught up in trying to be friends and that kind of thing. But you know what? Our job is to push it back to safety, push it back to an area of where we know that we have more control. And it's something that's really important. And sometimes it falls into discipline. I'll be honest, my my son, and if you have sons out there, look, they just feel that they're the second alpha sometimes. I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll speak to my family. Um, I'm the alpha male. I'm Mufasa. It's a big joke in my house. I'm Mufasa. And my son, you know, kind of thinks he's second in command, so to speak. And every now and then he acts up with the girls, my daughter, you know, his sister or, or, or his mom, my wife, and maybe says some things that in a, in a tone not appreciated or the way he goes about something. And yeah, I could go in lower the hammer. And many times I have, but you know what has happened? I don't know, but a year ago, and, uh, and I share with Jennifer, I said, you know what? I can go in there and lower the hammer, but you should do it. You have the same hammer and you go in there and you do your job. I don't care if it's taking away his cell phone. He's not playing soccer. I don't know what it is. You put down your hammer and I'll support you a thousand percent. You know what happened? Woo. She put down a mega hammer. <laughs> like my son don't want to see that ever again. Bottom line is just do our job to make sure that, it is part of parenting and it may not be the fun part, but push that line back, do your job, right? Number two, show up. What does that mean? You know, I don't think you can really connect with anyone if you're not around, you know? I mean, imagine your friends, family, how are you going to connect 
if you're just not there very often. I know, look, in COVID times right now, we're kind of around each other more than ever. But I'm going back to when it's before COVID and even, you know, God willing, post-COVID. Many of you are busy. You know, I get it. Work a lot of hours. Some of you travel for a living and not around as much. And sometimes these teen years are very formative years. So one suggestion I have is put events on your calendar. Now, here's a trick. Not your phone calendar. It needs to be visual. Go to Walmart, Target, wherever, Staples. Get a huge calendar. We have three in our house. And we actually put events on the calendar so kids can see it. And so even if you can't be around them for, you know, a couple of weeks because of work, they can see something on the calendar to look forward to. You know, hey, on that Friday night, the 20th or whatever it is, we're going to be doing this. So can't wait. And it's amazing how your kids will forgive you, look forward to it. That's a fun thing for them. And it keeps your connection. They realize that you are making them a priority. So make sure you show up. Ironically, I had to do that with my previous boss. Like, you know, let's be honest. Every boss isn't as family oriented as the other. Well, I made it more priority to talk about that. And I actually spoke to my boss about it. You know what? I'm going to meet my accountabilities, meet my expectations or exceed where I can, but I'm also making my family a priority as well. And so all of my kids' events or, you know, dance recital or athletic matches or whatever it is, I want to be there. Obviously I can't every single time, but make it a priority. And you know what happened? They started honoring that. You'd be surprised how the project manager would get me home sooner on an earlier flight when I could, and they would do all they could to kind of honor that. So if you have a boss that isn't really that keen on, you know, your family time and, you know, de-escalate and have a conversation, talk about that because you'd be surprised how they will honor that if you're honest. All right. Number three, teen concerns are important. Now, what I mean by that is they don't differentiate between size of their concern. So for example, my daughter loves art. You know, she draws a lot on iPads and uh, on sketchbooks. Let's say she loses a favorite pen, right? Well, it's not a big deal, right? Buy a new pen, not a big deal. Me and mom can get it. Who cares, right? But no, to her, that's a really big deal. And so she wants my attention, help her look for it. She's upset about it. And I can see really easily how I can kind of blow that off. Like, what's the big deal? Well, remember, I want my daughter to come to me on the big things too. Later in life, a bully at school, uh, kids drinking or doing drugs or whatever else. The, a kid wants to know you are the one they can come to or not. That's it. See, I know as a parent, you're thinking, look, I want to know the big things. I want to know the really, I want to know the really serious things. Yeah, of course you do. But from your teenager's point of view, all they know is you're the one they can speak to about stuff or you're not. Does that make sense? They're not differentiating between the size of their concern. They just know they can go to you, speak easy, and you'll help or you don't. So don't be categorized in their mind as the guy or girl that they can't go to, all right? You don't want to be the mom or dad that they just don't go to you for things because once it starts, 
it's really hard to get that back. So be the one in their life that that they go to. It is it just makes sense. I, I'm really proud of that. Now, Jennifer and I worked on that for a long time. As of right now, keeping my fingers crossed and praying to God that it continues this way. But so far, things that have been challenging or upsetting to them, they come to us first about it. And we want to continue that. So make sure you understand teen concerns are important. Number four, share your struggle. Yeah, share your struggle as a teen. You know, one more thing, when I was talking to that mom a while back after Parent Survival Night, and she asked about any books I recommend, one of the things she was talking to me is that she felt like her daughter wasn't sharing with her and wasn't opening up to her. And and, and this mom was visually upset, tears in her eyes. And I just shared that with her. You know, I don't know all the details about you and your daughter, but one thing you might want to try is to have a talk with her and share sometimes you didn't get it all together, where you messed up. And, you know, our teens look at us like we're perfect. They don't see us mess up very often. And if we do, we have a great way of kind of hiding it, don't we adults, right? So but our teens don't really see us do that. So share a time in your life when you were struggling. Maybe you didn't do well on a test. Maybe you made a, a bad decision about a girl or a boy or whatever, a friend. It really helps them. And this is how I know it kind of worked. She emailed me a week later with this long thank you email saying that was it. Like her daughter literally said, I didn't think I could come to you because you do everything right. Isn't that amazing? Like, sometimes I think our kids need to realize that, no, we don't. My son knows the story and my daughter. Uh, me, I'm in college. I'll tell you right now. I was, uh, it was a Sunday morning. I had a major test Monday morning, all right? And my sweet mate walked in. He scored tickets to Michael Jackson at live in concert in D.C. That was about two hours away. So what did I do? I got in the car and went to DC with him and some other people had a blast. Was there all night, got back to my dorm around 8 a.m. Monday morning. <laughs> we were out all night. Test was 9 a.m. How did I do on the test? And my son goes, not very good. Right, right. And it was, a. I, I shared that with him about just your decisions priorities. And he knows that he's reminded me of it. I know dad, cause you went to the Michael Jackson concert and I'm like, you're right. And that was a bad decision, right? I'm not saying don't go to concerts. I've been to plenty, but night before a major test and you hadn't studied much bad decision. So share with your teen some of your struggles. I'm not saying give them all the gory details of stuff you've been through, but there are some things you've done that, you know what? You didn't really make the best decision there. It didn't go well. You can share that as a learning point to help your teen. All right. Finally, honor the intent. To connect with your teen, honor their intentions. You know, many times our teens will do things and make a mistake and we just jump down their throat, you know? And what I'm saying is, why don't we honor that they were trying to do the right thing? Maybe they didn't. You know, obviously it didn't go the right way, but come at it from a point of, hey, I appreciate what you were trying to do there but next time go this route. So really take the mindset of honoring that they really were trying to do the right thing. So if you want to connect more with your teen, once again, here are your top five. One, do your job. Don't forget they're doing theirs. Their job is to push that line and cross over it and 
have you not really think about it? Well, do your job. Push back, all right? Number two, show up. I know you're really busy. You got a lot going on. Put it on the calendar if you have to. Be there for some of their events. If you can be there for all of them, great. But bottom line, if you can't get your calendar, mark it out. Show them they are a priority. Three, teen concerns are important. Don't forget, if you want them to open up to you about the really big things in their life, and you got to be there for the small things too, that those small things matter to them. They don't differentiate. Are you the parent they can go to or not? Number four, share your struggle. Sometimes you have a story or two in your life that can really help them. They've been through some challenges and so have you. Don't forget, you were a teen once too. And finally, honor the intent. Go into it thinking, you know what? They were trying to do the right thing. Let me come up from that standpoint. Hey, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please hit subscribe and share with a friend. I think teens have more challenges than ever before. Let's be, as parents, part of the solution. Let's be their rock and let them know, you know what? Not only am I here to be your parent, but I'm also your biggest fan. Thanks for listening. Life works better when we come together. Talk to you next week.